Oh, my God. 
Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Thursday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Shalach Borecha Vah 
Hey, I'm pretty bomb, pretty bomb, bomb, bye. Hey, I'm pretty bomb, pretty bomb, bye. Hey, I'm pretty bomb, pretty bomb, bye. Hey, I'm pretty bomb, pretty bomb, bye.
הראשון שהקלטתי לפני עשרים ושמונה שנים. Long time ago. נו מניח בקדושו. אוי לי עמדו שני Oh, my God. 
J.M. in the A.M. Tov Lahodos. That is um, the New York Boys Choir here at J.M. in the A.M. Avramel had Tish Medley off of Live in Israel. Ani Maman from Shalshelis Jr. Baruch Levine with Aneni. Adarabba was Levi Cohen. Gershon Verobo with Hashem Melech. Tfilatli Shlom Hamdina. Shoresh. And, of course, Regesh with Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. It's Thursday on this June 27th and 24th of Sivan. Good morning. The year 5779, and Tess. 73 degrees, 73% humidity. Winds are southwest at 2 miles an hour. Sunny today with a high of 91.1. Then tonight, mostly clear and a low of 71. Tomorrow, mostly sunny, a high, 91.1. We're going into the 90s today and tomorrow? Nobody tells me anything. Uh, you, up in Guilford, New York, our friends at Camp Missoura are enjoying 59-degree weather as they wake up on a Thursday. Today is the first day of, um, is today the first day of orientation? Gosh, you'd think I know my uh, Camp Missoura schedule, right? I think it's today. Anyway, they're at 59 degrees up there uh, in uh, Guilford, New York. And... Um, and here in uh, Yerushalayim is 86 degrees, and here in New York, 73 degrees on a uh, Thursday morning broadcast. Here it has important camp dates. Yeah, so staff orientation is today. The upper staff reported yesterday. The lower staff, or the general staff, we should say. That would sound nicer. Uh, they report today up to Camp Missoura, and on Monday, a camp will begin how cool is that? You know, my question was, my question was, um, did Hask start already? Let's see here. Uh, that was my question. If, um, if Camp Hask had already welcomed its campers up to camp. Let me just see here if they have the, uh, the calendar here for 2019. So the first day of camp is today. Yeah. Hey, Camp Hask campers and staff, have an amazing and incredible summer. I didn't realize that the um, first day of camp is today. That's wonderful. I'm so I'm, I am glad we stumbled upon this so we can uh, we could talk about the first day of Camp Hask today and remind everybody that we're going to be. Uh, uh, coming up to Camp Hask, Bezrat Hashem, to participate in their Experience Day, the final Sunday of July. And we're very much looking forward to that. should be a lot of fun. Our visits to a Camp Hask always are. So today is day one for the campers of Camp Hask. Have the most amazing and incredible um, summer of 2019. Wow. Uh, brand new music. This one is um, from Uri Davidi at JM in the AM. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 
Tell Avery, 
גלים מלטפים את החוף, ויכול להיות שאת ואני כאן בשניים הכל
Shema Orosho, Kehilas Yakai. Time and Sivalanu, Moshema Orosho, Kehilas Yakai. Yes, of course. Torah Siva here at JM and the AM. Uh, before that, you heard the um, Shmuel Levy selection 2B. Lenny Solomon with Tanili Yad and Uri Davidi brand new with Hallelujah here at JM and the AM. Good morning, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. It's a Thursday. You know what that means. Big day, of course, as you would suspect here at the Nahum Siegel Network. I mean, every day is a big day, but uh, it's no surprise to uh, all of you. That um, when it comes to Thursdays, it's a little bit extra special. And not only is it extra special, it's also an amazing opportunity to really get into that part of the week that that increases Jewish awareness. I had this conversation last night with somebody at a wedding that I was working at. And um, <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> they confirmed for me that the same experience that I have uh, regarding what people listen to and what they surround themselves with all week long and then how they make an adjustment on Thursday and Friday, uh, they confirm for me that in their life it's true as well. Have you ever noticed that uh, people in our community will listen to a certain type of music and tune into a certain type of programming 
um, more often on Monday, on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then all of a sudden, as Thursday starts, and the spiritual finish line of the week, which is the amazing and incredible Shabbos Kodesh, as it starts to creep up on us, all of a sudden people are adjusting their listening habits, and they become more and more interested in Jewish content and beautiful nigunim and the songs that have to do with Shabbos. And that's what happens here. As our audience grows like crazy, our audience, which is massive all the time, grows like crazy Thursday and grows even crazier uh, Friday Erev Shabbos. So here we are on this Thursday, big day here at the Nahum Siegel Network. By the way, later on, Miriam L. Wallach is going to be speaking with um, with um, uh, Shana Friedman of a Shalom Task Force. And I want to remind everybody that on Monday, July the 22nd, about three weeks from now, Monday, July 22nd, at the home of the Bochco family, there's going to be a uh, spin-to-win ping-pong tournament and barbecue um, to support Shalom Task Force. Information about all of it, shalomtaskforce.org, shalomtaskforce.org. Do what you can to uh, attend and be part of it. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program, heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio, round the world on the web at NachumSingle.com, on the NachumSingle Network, and, of course, on the beloved... NSN app. Galitzal in the background. Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Thursday follows next. We say Boker Tov from JMN. Galitzal in Yerushalayim, Masha'a 2. Shalom Rav, Khan Rani Avnai, Ima Shekorea Akshav. דליפת אמוניה ממפעל בעכו, אזרחים פונו מקניון סמוך, תחנות הרכבת בעכו ונהריה נסגרו, כתבנו קובי מנדל. אמוניה במפעל יוני ליבר בלב העיר עכו, בדקות אלה הכבאים הצליחו להפסיק את הדליפה, ובאי הקניון הסמוך שפונו מורשים לשוב אליו. הדליפה מהמפעל הראה כתוצאה מערבוב אמוניה עם שמן. איש לא נפגע באירוע, ועד עד חוזרים החיים לשגרה במקום. ארבל אלוני, שרצח את נהג המונית דרק רוט לפני 25 שנה, הואשם בעבירות מרמה והלבנת הון בשווי מיליוני שקלים, מדווחת כתבתנו ליה ספילקין. אלוני וחמישה גברים נוספים הואשמו שהציעו הלוואות לאלפי אזרחים, בתמורה לתשלום מאות שקלים בלבד לפתיחת תיק. לאחר שהלקוחות העבירו את התשלום, הנאשמים ניתקו קשר ונעלמו עם הכסף. אלוני שוחרר מהכלא ב-2015, אחרי 21 שנות מאסר, בגין רצח דרק רוט, שביצע ביותו בן 14 בלבד. רוסיה משבשת לוויינים לנחיתת מטוסים בנתב"ג. לאחר שברוסיה הכחישו את הדברים, צבי מגן לשעבר שגריר ישראל במוסקבה רומז בשיחה עם גל גבאי. קיימים גורמים רבים המנסים להרוס את הקשר בין המדינות. יש גורמים ברוסיה שיש להם עניין כך או אחרת לשבש כל מיני תהליכים מדיניים, ולאו דווקא בידיעת או לשנות רצונם של השלטונות היושבים בכם. יש תחילה להוכיח שזה אכן הוא, או שעושים מישהו מאנשיו בידיעתו. מוקדם יותר היום פרסם כתבנו לעניין תחבורה אליאב בטיטו כי משלחת ביטחונית ישראלית יצאה בימים האחרונים לאחת ממדינות אירופה וזאת כדי להיפגש עם נציגים אמריקנים בנושא. גבר בן חמישים נהרג בתאונת דרכים בין שתי משאיות לשני כלי רכב פרטיים סמוך לצומת סביון. צוות מד"א שהגיע לזירה קבע את מותו במקום וטיפל בעוד ארבעה בני אדם שנפצעו קל. במשרד הבריאות מקצצים את תוכנית האשפוז הביתי. כתבנו לענייני בריאות, מאיר מרציאנו, 
הביא את הדברים לראשונה. בעקבות הקיצוץ הרוחבי במשרדי הממשלה עליו הוחלט בתחילת השבוע, במשרד הבריאות ישיתו את הקיצוץ על תוכנית האשפוז הביתי. הסכום הכולל שיקוצץ מהמשרד הוא כ-50 מיליון שקלים. במערכת הבחירות הקודמת הצהיר שר האוצר משה כחלון כי תוכנית האשפוז הביתי תהיה המהפכה הבאה שלו. מלשכתו נמסר בתגובה, שר האוצר לא ייתן יד לפגיעה בחולים וידרוש מסגן השר ליצמן לבטל את הקיצוץ הצפוי בתוכנית. וכרגע מתקינים אותנו שתחנות הרכבת בעכו ובנהריה נפתחו. תחנות הרכבת נפתחו. מזג האוויר הקלה בעומס החום, אבל באירופה מאזיננו הנאמנים כבר מקנאים בנו כי גל החום שם מגיע לשיאו ובגדול. אני נמצאת בעיירה בניקסים, בספרד, חם, אבל אנחנו נהנים לנו בבריכה ובים. אבל אנחנו בדרכנו למדריד, שם צפויות לנו לא פחות מ-42 מעלות. שיהיה לנו בהצלחה. אני כאן ברחוב בפריז, ערך בסביבות השעה שלוש. העסק מתחיל להיות מבעבע, מתחילים להתאדות, מסתובבים עם ונטילטורים קטנים על בטריה. אל תתאדו. אלה החדשות שעורך רועי ולד. Ripon, call, 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 
Thank you. 
I mentioned that uh, today is the first day of Camp Hask. The campers heading up uh, this morning to camp, and I uh, wanted to play one of my best and most favorite segments of the Hask concerts of the last uh, 30 years. And that was a Diaspora at a time for music number 27. Pretty amazing. Mati Steinmetz, before that with you, Hey Rava, Tzfilat HaShlod, done by Yaakov Shweki, Barry Weber's Rebone. Opened up the uh, 7 o'clock hour. Thursday morning broadcast was 73 degrees, sunshine, and a high of 91. Clear tonight, low 71, mostly Sunday tomorrow with a high of 91. You shall lie at 86. Our friends up in Guilford, New York, Camp Masora, they're at 59. Today's their first day of full staff orientation. 73 here in New York City. As we say, uh, good morning at JM and the AM. Well, in the diaspora outside of Israel... Uh, this is the week of Parsha Shlach. Um, so Rabbi Fass, Nefesh Benefesh, is going to be joining us here at JM in the AM with a special message. He, of course, he is among the lucky people. He is among the pioneers. He is among the most, he's among those most devoted to the will of God, as no doubt he's going to mention, I bet, during his presentation. 
who are now living in Israel. So he heard Parsha's Shlach last week. You know, we're a Parsha off from uh, from Israel. We'll hear it this week. So his annual tradition of uh, of speaking to us, um, you know, Erev Parsha Shlach. It's coming up later on this morning right here at JM in the AM. I want to thank those who uh, responded to our plea yesterday when Matis Weingast joined me. We spoke about the history of JM in the AM and how important it is to support it, and I thank you very much. Anybody who'd like to uh, donate and support JM in the AM, go to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org, and participate in our spring fundraiser. Uh, good morning to uh, Kemp Hill in Silver Spring, Maryland. That's listener Yitzchak. Uh, who's just commented on the app and uh, checked in. If you want to comment on the app, let us know where you are, what you want to hear, random thoughts, whatever the case may be, on this Thursday. Always a big day here at uh, JM and the Nahum Siegel Network. Uh, simply log on to the uh, NSN, Nahum Siegel Network app for Android and iPhone, and you'll see on the home screen you can comment away. 26 minutes after 7 o'clock, Yehuda Green at JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. Thursday morning with Yehuda Green. This time each and every Sunday through Thursday, Rabbi David Goldwasser, his words, Zechonishmas Arav Zebenabil Savalevi, and Zechonishmas Esther Basrabil Savalevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. We learn in the Medrash Yalkut Shmoni. When Bnei Yisrael accepted the Torah, the nations of the world were upset and they objected to Hashem. They couldn't understand why Bnei Yisrael were willing to accept the Torah. Hashem silenced them and said, Bring me your Sefer Yichus, your documentation that attests to your lineage. The Zerah Shimshon asked the question, Why did Hashem have to silence them? Ostensibly, their argument was pointless for the simple reason that they had not wanted to accept the Torah when Hashem came to them. How could they be jealous now of a situation that they were totally uninterested in? And if their argument was not justified, what purpose would be served by asking them to bring their Sefer Yichus? The fundamental error of the nations was that they did not understand how Bnei Yisrael could succeed in coming close to Hashem. They didn't understand how could it be that Bnei Yisrael would say Naaseb and Nishma. They themselves were unable to do so because they realized the difficult challenge of fulfilling the mitzvos. Because of that, they attributed Bnei Yisrael's acceptance to arrogance. 
The Umma Solom considered B'nai Yisrael inferior. They looked on them with disdain, as it says in Amos, how will Yaakov survive, for he is small? The nations of the world suggested that in fact B'nai Yisrael were not accepting the Torah wholeheartedly, believe Shalem, but rather for their own honor, because they wanted to raise their status in this world. As a result, Hashem silenced the Umas Olam with a request for the records of their lineage. That would indicate exactly the opposite. In fact, Esav had sold his birthright to Yaakov, making Yaakov the Great One and Esav the Lesser. Their argument that Benesra was seeking to achieve greatness by saying Nasav and Nishma was a fabrication because Benesra was already great and they had already been willing to say Nasav and Nishma, which the nations were not willing to make that commitment. Because of that, because we were able to stand proud and say Nasav and Nishma, we became the great nation that would be the ones who would guard the Torah for all days. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizuk. Have a nice day.
שמעתי שעושים פה מסיבה בלעדיי אף אחד לא עושה את זה יותר טוב ממני נשים את הצרות מאחוריי אני לא הולך עד שכולכם מג'נונים שמעתי שהתחלתם בלעדיי אף אחד לא עושה את זה יותר טוב ממני הראש כבר מסתובב כולם בהיי לא נעצור עד שכולכם מג'נונים J.M.N.A.M. Thursday morning. Hello all. Ma'apecha, Omer Adam, here at uh, J.M.N.A.M. Uh, before that, Shlomo Katz with Adir Adirenu. 17 minutes before 8 o'clock. Good morning. It's J.M.N.A.M. live in our New York City studios. 
Big day today. You know what it is. It's Thursday. Uh, Charlie Harari at 9 a.m. with Unlocking Greatness. Michael Fragan, Spin Class at 9.30. Jew in the City Speaks. Allison Josephs at 10 a.m. And that's Life with Miriam L. Wallach with Dr. Shana Friedman, Executive Director of the Shalom Task Force, uh, coming up at 10.30 this morning, Eastern Time. Live lunch from New York at 11 a.m. Then Throwback Thursday, JM Rewind, and the Arab Shabbos Show starts at 7 p.m. Eastern Time with Mark Zomik, presented by the amazing people at Kedem. That show is replayed at 3 a.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Eastern Time on Friday. It's a fresh, brand-new, incredible Erev Shabbos show with Mark Zamek brought to you by Kedem. Make sure to uh, tune in and enjoy. Lots of great stuff every single time uh, Mark does the Erev Shabbos show, which is like 99% of, uh, of Fridays throughout the entire year. So kolakavod, and it's all coming up starting at 7 p.m. Uh, tonight. Tomorrow here at JM in the AM, it's uh, it's Friday. So it's 7.40 Eastern Time tomorrow. Malcolm Honline, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, he will join us. There is uh, plenty to talk about regarding the weekly update and the different news that is uh, permeating and dominating our week. Uh, so all that tomorrow morning right here, starting at 7.40 Eastern Time. Will there be new elections in Israel? I don't know if he'll have the answer, because I don't know if anybody has the answer. <laughs> but we'll at least ask him the question. <laughs> That's for sure. We'll definitely ask him the question. It's all tomorrow morning, 7.40 Eastern Time. Suggest to those who may still not have a smartphone and may still not have a computer uh, they could tune in by uh, going to our listen line. All they have to do is uh, dial the number 605-562-4400. 605-562-4400. Do that at any time and hear what's live on the Nahum Siegel Network at that very moment, including between 6 and 9 a.m. Eastern Time, JM in the AM. Shmuley Unger's next. It's JM in the AM. Thank you. 
J.M. in the A.M. Yerachmiel begun Miami Boys Choir with Esmach. Before that, you heard Yidol and Levachad. Macha Bracha, that was done by Shmuel Younger. Omer Adam had Mapecha. Thursday morning in America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSegal.com, on the NachumSegal Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app.
Well, when you hear that song on JM in the AM, there's a good chance that one of my favorite people, one of the great heroes of the Jewish people, is going to be joining me within seconds on JM in the AM. And of course, it is the uh, co-founder of Nefesh Benefesh and uh, one of the people that has been facilitating thousands to make Aliyah from North America over the last 15 plus years. Rabbi Yehoshua Fass, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you so much, Nachum. Great to be on the air with you. I appreciate that very much. i got to catch you up on something which you'll appreciate, uh, Rabbi Fast. Remember, everybody, remember, please, as I've been reminding you, uh, last week they read Parsha Shlach in Israel. Rabbi Fast joins us uh, usually the week of Parsha Shlach, and he may have been wondering, as many others may have been wondering, who are tuned in from Israel, where is Rabbi Fast? Of course, we do it according to the diaspora schedule because this week, we read Parsha Shlach in the diaspora. Uh, so Rabbi Fass, I've been on a campaign, and frankly, some of my colleagues tell me I'm nuts, and some of my colleagues understand my frustration. Uh, I understand, uh, and I um, uh, completely get, why it is that the um, that there is a hesitation to, for the diaspora to catch up on the Parshiot schedule until the beginning of August. I understand that you know over the hundreds and hundreds and then eventually thousands of years of exile, uh, there was a diaspora-centric um, uh, arrangement of customs, and that diaspora-centric arrangement of customs gave us this, you know, certain partials should be read uh, around or before Tisha B'Av, and certain partials should be read around or before uh, Shavuos, and we end up with not catching up with uh, Israel until the beginning of August. I have been... Um, I have been on this campaign, which again, many people consider a big waste of time or by fast. I've been on this campaign that now that the center of the world again, thank God, thank God, thank God is Israel, certainly the center of the Jewish world. Although if you look at what's happening in Bahrain right now, you might think the center of the entire world is Israel. Um, so I've been on this campaign that at, that the, at the most immediate point right after Pesach that we could catch up that makes sense. Uh, to catch right. up, we, we should, because we have to calibrate ourselves to be on the same schedule as the most important place on earth. And you, in your uh, presentation that we, that we will discuss, uh, that's now been released to the masses and that we proudly have, have transcribed and, and put on our Facebook page, and I'm hoping that a lot of people will print it out over, uh, over the next couple of days and bring it to their Shabbat table, you, ironically... As you wrap up this brilliant Dvar Torah for Parsha Shlach, you say we must undergo a spiritual realignment. And we can explain in a minute what that means in, in the context of your presentation. But I said to myself, wow, that's the word. That's the concept. We in the diaspora, we have to recalibrate. We have to realign and understand that now the center of of the Jewish world, thank God, is Israel. It's no longer diaspora-centric. It is now Israel that is the most, it's always been the most important, but you understand what I'm saying, that practically is the most important place for the Jewish world on planet Earth. Could you imagine that in addition to it making your point in this Tvar Torah, it went ahead and explained what we've been talking about for weeks since, frankly, Acheron Shal Pesach, that we in the diaspora must undergo a spiritual 
realignment. And I would argue we need to undergo a practical observance Torah custom realignment because we have to make sure to emphasize that Israel is the center of our world. And now I apologize for completely dominating this segment here at JMN. No, thank you so much for being our guest this evening. <laughs> Now you definitely, you definitely, you, you definitely feel my pain. You definitely know exactly where I'm coming from, right? I know exactly where you're coming from, and I and and I love the latter sense of what you just added to. Uh, and you know what? I, and you know what's funny? You know what's funny? Colleagues of mine will say, and they've said this on the air to me because I made an issue of this again since Achrenchal Pesach. They'll say, "What's the difference? Like, why are you making such a big deal about it?" And you are somebody who gets why it's so irritating. It, I'm sure it gnaws at you, knowing that Jews around the world are not reading the same parsha as you are this Shabbat. It, it gnaws at me because there's there, there needs to be at least an acknowledgement of a deficiency that something is missing, something's unaligned, something needs this chiropractic adjustment. Uh, the fact that you don't even feel the crick in the neck is 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 an issue, is disconcerting. Um, you, on the other hand, uh, are longing for that synchronicity or that synergy or that alignment. So you feel my pain and I feel yours. But for the masses who who just shrug their shoulders, and what difference does it make? So we'll catch up. We catch up. So we read differently. We read differently. Um, it's almost a disjointed nation without realizing what our fulcrum is and what our center, our mass center of gravity is. And that's what's disconcerting. 100%. And when you were asked to do this presentation, I keep referring to, and again, I'll tell people to go to my Facebook page and many others at this point that have shared it uh, to see your Dvar Torah for this week. When you were asked by the RCA to, to give a message, it was with the thought in mind that hopefully rabbis in the diaspora, obviously they meant the U.S. and Canada, but, you know, why, why not extend mm-hmm. it? Rabbis in the diaspora would incorporate Aliyah, the topic of moving to Israel, the topic of making Israel the center of our world, this Shabbat. Because Parsha Shlach, frankly, is the, you know, is frankly uh, one of the better weeks to do that with uh, the story of the Miraglim. So you do that, so you, you get this directive, and obviously you're you're glad to do this and to give a message from Jerusalem. So at this point, just like you do with us every single year, you're probably wondering and thinking, like, what direction should you go in? Like, what what should you emphasize with this unique opportunity to hopefully influence a few rabbis uh, or, or a small or large percentage of the ones who are going to receive this, you know, to spend time talking about Aliyah? How did that work for you? When you thought about what message to to issue to our rabbinic leaders, what thoughts came to mind? When I was reviewing the Parsha, and I had two weeks, actually, to prepare, right. because we're at a thing. That's a little benefit of it, not to sound too hypocritical. Right. Um, it, it just struck me, uh, the, the episode, the few verses right after the, the, the spy, the sin of the spies, the concept of the Ma'apilim, the defiant ones, and how odd it was that they tried to recalibrate their compass, they tried to uh, repair the situation, and yet they were punished. And that cognitive dissonance um, really struck me as trying that needed to be explored. And I, and and I, when I talk to many individuals in the, in the states, I, I hear from people saying, you know, I wish we could. At least it's not a complete dismissal. I wish we could. I know we should. At least there's a sense of where we belong. And and the question is, why does that count? Does not, that not count? Is there value to that to that struggle? 
um, and there was struggle in the desert as well. And was there value to that to that move? And it's uh, and that itself was the impetus to, to develop uh, the concept of of just focusing just on the episode of the defiant ones, right. the Ma'apilim, that group of individuals who charged the mountain, even though uh, God Hashem and, and Moshe said that they shouldn't. And that the plan plan A was foiled, and now they have to wander in the desert for forty years. And by the way, and by the way, uh, for those out there, rightfully, you know, considering people like myself a complete hypocrite, you know, preaching from the quote unquote mountaintop about Aliyah and, and sitting here in New York, your words are somewhat comforting. Meaning, and you were just alluded to this in your presentation, meaning that at least. Let us in the diaspora understand, recognize, and acknowledge that the Ratzon Hashem, the will of God, is that we should be in the land of Israel. At least acknowledge that. And once when that once that is established, once the diaspora, and again, same thing as we said earlier, you know, making Israel the center of our lives. Once that once that is acknowledged, once our rabbinic leaders get up and say, hey, everybody. Let's realize this is not where we belong. Let's realize this is, you know, not the center of our earth, of our world. Uh, once that happens, obviously, it's a very, very big step. So, yes, we're all hypocrites, those of us who preach. And, and... At least, self-master machshavat chila. Right, exactly. Uh, even give credit even to the, the conception, to the thought process, to the desire, even if it doesn't amount to actualizing that desire. But at least it shows intent, it shows desire, it shows will. It shows an alignment of where we should be and what we should want. And um, it does give comfort and also gives a challenge um, as well. You know, when you go back close to 20 years when you were living in the United States um, and, and you made this decision and went ahead, took your own family, and then took thousands of other families to Israel, uh, I would assume this was part of it, that you, you just had this feeling, again, gnawing at you, that, that you are not living the will of God, that if God is in fact the, the only guide uh, to our lives, if this is, you know, is the ultimate guide to our lives and his direction is the ultimate direction, then it just, it just doesn't feel right being in New York, Florida, or anywhere else. And I would assume that that was one of the things that lit the fire for you and, and your family and organization. It's not only that, but uh, I, I grew up in a very Zionist family, so did my wife. And we had, when we were dating, when we got married, we had intent to move to Israel. And it's fascinating, just the power of inertia or detours from life. And it ignored at me not just uh, the national responsibility, but just ignored at me at how far I came from my initial zeal and my initial plans and how, how quickly one can detour from their ideological drive and destination. And uh, that itself motivated me. Um, to, to recalibrate that compass and to, to set ourselves back onto that initial highway, initial path. Right. Um, but we were very lucky that we were able to do it, and many individuals acknowledge that they've detoured, and it's very hard to, to GPS your way back to that, to that highway. Yeah. You and I have spoken at times over these years about the uh, commentators who, on this Parsha, point out how much more women love the land of Israel compared to us men, as much as we... Thank God, many of us really do love it. Uh, do you sometimes see that? Do you sometimes see that? A thousand percent. <laughs> your your wife is a much greater lover of the land? No, 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 no. Uh, well, we're equally, and I don't want to create any disparity between my wife. <laughs> but uh, 
but I see it with couples. I know if there, if there's some kind of uneasiness or a disparity within within couples wanting to move to Israel, if the wife is driven um, even more than the man, then it, it's you have such a higher success rate for successful aliyah and integration. Wow. Um, when it's the opposite, it's hard, it's difficult. But I've seen when 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 individuals are not on the same same path or same uh, wavelength. And uh, and the wives, the mothers, are that karatabayit, meaning in a, in a philosophical, ideological way, it's um, it's a recipe for success. So yes, I agree with you. Our commentaries were correct on Prices Lock. Yeah. By the way, folks, if you want to see it, go to the Clay Yuckar on this week's parsha. It'll be it'll be blatantly obvious. Um, you know, it's funny. Uh, you're you're. You're on the video, and we keep alluding to it, and I hope people check it out. And I'll encourage people to do so more and more tomorrow. And we uh, we have it in, in text form so people could bring it to their Shabbos table. And you're, you're discussing Rav Tzadok, and you know you're you're about to mention this is the first time I'm you know the first time I'm watching this first time I'm hearing it. You're about to mention how his his words were edited, how his uh, uh, what you know what he had to say regarding. Uh, um, uh, the, regarding the explanation, the commentary that that you're citing uh, was was altered. You know, a p- piece of it was left out. And I thought you were going to say, and I thought that where you were going was that they were worried about what you know non-Jewish people of that era might think. Uh, yeah. You know, you know where he lived. You know, in terms of uh, you know that we know over the centuries certain things have been edited because we're concerned. Uh, our predecessors, our ancestors, were concerned about what other communities might do or think, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But that's not what happened in this case. What happened in this case is that, is that in, the, in the earliest edition of the work that you cite, uh, his words were viewed as too Zionistic. And the Jewish people at that time, how would you put it? They simply weren't ready for it or, or couldn't accept the fact that someone of his caliber would write that way? How would you describe it? Either that or his supporters felt that it would diminish the impact that he could possibly make. So it was almost... Uh an editing of of uh, of some kind of what they felt in quotes uh, controversial comments to make sure that uh, the illustrious Reb Sado could have the the intended impact on his community, and, and that that uh, self is devastating. Right, and that's a practice that we still see, unfortunately, today at times, and uh, and we also have to keep in mind that a good part of our people, uh, many would say majority, um, uh, you know, we're, we're not even. Uh, in favor of the founding of the state of Israel. We have to remember all this. And why do I say it? And why do I emphasize it today in June of 2019? Because if you see now (laughs) the way the world is reacting to Israel, just the change over the last few years, uh, the change where, as for one example, where many of the Gulf states would be supporting the enemies of Israel or remain neutral in the Arab-Israeli conflict, let's call it that, to give a really good generalization. And now you see a week like this one, Rabbi Fass, where where both business people and members of government of Gulf state nations, Gulf states, are, are declaring publicly that they want to work and invest with and take advantage of the technology and the acumen of the people of Israel and the state of Israel. And sometimes we just don't understand how different this is and how different a time we are living in compared to just a few years ago. Do you, what do you have to say 
about this new about this new attitude toward Israel. Amen, brother. <laughs> Just for what you said, but we need to. We're running so fast in life that we don't pause for a second. Just and to pinch yourself. You know, I wonder. We, we become so numb to so much of the so many miracles around us. We became like almost spiritually numb. Um, we 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 just pause for a second and take it all in. This is stuff of nivuot. This is prophetic stuff. You know, it's... and uh, we're just we're rushing by. We don't smell the flowers. We don't smell the miracles. We don't open our eyes and our cognizance of what's happening around us. And and it's. Uh, it's remarkable. It's simply remarkable. And, and the Moraglim, if they were around today, might say to those leaders of the Gulf states, you really want to work with Israel? You really? You, you, are, are we that effective, that good? Are, we, is, are things going that well in this land for us? You know, <laughs> I'm not quite sure what they would say, frankly. Um, and the other point is, uh, and, you, and you know this firsthand because you spend enough time with members of the Israeli government, um, we are still able, we, the people of the state of Israel, are still able to thrive and to enjoy uh, an incredible life in, in 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 the majority of cases, thank God, uh, despite the dysfunction that it seems is going on in the Israeli government and the and at times with the leadership of Israel and all you know across the board. I would say both secular and religious leadership, uh, and nonetheless, things are able to move on at such an an incredible pace. With such wonderful things happening, uh, it's not just that the you know that the state is spinning its wheels and staying stagnant and making it day to day. It's thriving with the most incredible accomplishments, and that's despite all the things I just mentioned. That's another miracle. It is a miracle. I would I would hold on our conversations on dysfunctionality for another parsha <laughs> so that we don't follow in the FS um, a mantra of the Miraglim. But uh, yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> things things gloriously march on in this country. Um, I won't say that even though we'll keep that for maybe Pasha's Korach or another Pasha. That uh... yeah, it's interesting. You know, you just reminded me. My father always was Machbid. Um, even even if we weren't in favor of the weather uh, that was in Israel, you know, Pesach was too cold the year we wed. Stuff like that. He 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 didn't like us saying it. He said that there's never an excuse to say something negative like that. Especially, especially flippantly, so so I apologize for my fast. Duly noted, duly noted. That I should I should have su- on behalf of the nation of Israel, we we accept it wholeheartedly. I should have suppressed my words. So there you have it, everybody. It's Parsha Shlach and Rabbi Fast. In addition to understanding the pain of not being calibrated Parsha wise, he also understands the pain of people not being calibrated to the will of God. Because again, Rabbi Fass, this Parsha clearly shows us what the will of God is. And as you point out in the Dvar Torah that I keep referring to, as you point out, uh, not only did he did he explain the will of God, he did not allow for second chances. Once, once the Jewish people, represented by the Maraglim, rejected his Ratzon, rejected his will, that was it. There was no going back, and there was no way to repair it. And as you point out, that's a rarity in Judaism. In Judaism, through the concept of tshuva, both on a personal and national level, we're generally given a second chance, but this time that would not go. See, I was paying attention. 
you were paying attention. You started the interview with with not only the reference to the calibration, but about our religious observance right. and understanding the connectivity to, to Israel as well. I like to end with a thought. I was doing a, a bunch of rounds for Pasha Shlach. <laughs> so there was a newspaper that was interviewing me for the last couple of days. And the last question that I was sent is, if you're facilitating Aliyah, if your organization and my wonderful staff is facilitating Aliyah, whose responsibility is it to bring individuals to want to move to Israel? <laughs> and I paused for a second. I was like, that's like the same. It's analogous to going to the OU and saying, fine, so you're giving kosher certification to certain products, but who's teaching people? Isn't it your responsibility to teach people to eat kosher? Mm. And it's like, it's principals, it's communal leaders, it's parents, it's family. The fact, that, the fact that we could ask that question about living in Israel, our homeland, and not ask that same question for other fundamentals in our religious observant life, is extremely telling. And if you think about, if you think about the words of the Miraglum, it's, it's tourism, to scout out. We don't have that concept by other mitzvot. You don't scout out Shabbat. You don't scout out Kashrut. You don't visit it for a week. You're all in. You understand what is needed of us, what is asked of us, and we struggle with it. I'm not saying that we all go in from zero to 60, but we understand that, it's, that we have to go all in. We have to invest ourselves in that mitzvah. But yet by Israel, okay, let's tour it. Let's visit it. We'll touch it. We'll taste it. Who's gonna, who's, whose responsibility is it to teach them about Aliyah? Whose responsibility is it to teach them about Do you ask that question about Shabbat? Do you ask that question about Kashrut? So that was my last question. <laughs> that no, I I'm sitting here stunned because I mean this is a this is a point that I uh, I mean I've said this to you a million times and both publicly and and privately that uh, one of the stories that always sticks out in my mind is that uh, I met a young woman who had just gotten married and living in uh, living in uh, in Israel and in Ramat Hashkol with her husband and she said to me I went to a yeshiva high school. And in four years, I was never told there's a mitzvah to live in Israel. And, yeah. and whether, again, whether that's an exaggeration or whether it's an aberration, whatever it is, it's a very, very important statement to keep in mind. And the, um, and I, I, again, you know, I, I've said to you that the, uh, you know, there, there, are, there are synagogues and schools who will, who will present and promote a presentation on whether there on whether it is a mitzvah to live in Israel and as much as there and, and as and as much as what i'm about to say might be slightly incongruent there'll never be i pray a session in our yeshiva high schools is it a mitzvah to keep shabbos is it a mitzvah is it considered a mitzvah you know what what category of mitzvah is it to keep shabbos to keep kashrus and all the things we just mentioned and it's, it's so frustrating to me. And but let's end off with something positive. The fact that we're speaking about Israel, the fact that uh, the RCA asked it for, for Edvat Torah to be sent out to shuls, the fact that this, I was interviewed for this newspaper to give some sense of optimism 
um, uh, about Israel and Aliyah and Israel connectivity um, shows that there is a change, the winds of change, that people, going back to that word we've been using this entire interview, are recalibrating our, our compass and reconnecting to, to the mitzvah of Aliyah, or even just thinking, even just having that, uh, that recognition and the concept of homeland, and hopefully passing that on to our children to let them understand of where we are, where we're supposed to be, what does God want from us. Um, it doesn't mean that everyone has to get on a plane tomorrow, but they should be cognizant of the fact of where, what Rastan Hashem is. Hey, can I give you some nachas, or are you late for a meeting? I, I need nachas. Give me some nachas. You're not late. You're, you're guaranteeing me you're not going to... You're not going to walk into a meeting and say, Nachum Siegel just delayed, just delayed me. No, I'm all yours. <laughs> I'm all yours. It's not Latour at Nachum Siegel. I'm all yours. I'm standing on 37th Street in Manhattan this week waiting for somebody. And a gentleman walks over to me I haven't seen in a while, who I remember when he was born here on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. And I said, hey, how are you? What are you doing? You know, Update me what's going on in your life. He says, well, we, we just decided to jump in. I said, what do you mean? He said, in three weeks... Uh, or maybe it was even two weeks, July, whatever, whenever there's a group flight, I think it was July 3rd or 10th, whatever it is, yeah, uh, we're, we're, we're making Aliyah. We're making Aliyah. Yeah, we're, we're going, you know, taking you know, wife, family, we're going, that's it. And I said, what are you, are you serious? That's unbelievable. So he, goes, yeah, today, he says to me, today it's really hitting me because today the movers are coming. <laughs> you know, we, we, had all these, we had all these esoteric you know, <laughs> and, and abstract plans, but today it's really, it's really becoming real, right? <laughs> Absolutely. When that, when that lift, when the moving company pulled away from your house, you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> no, no turning back. I have to run after my lift at this point. So as, as, it could be a great Aliyah campaign. We just go into different communities. We pack up their houses when they're, like, at, uh, at work. And we start sending it to the port. As, as he's telling me this part, of course, all I'm doing is thinking about you and, and, and laughing at him as well. Anyways, or with him. So anyway, he says, I said, where are you going? He goes, you know, I, I really don't know. We're going to Carnation Road. I said, "What? <laughs> You're going straight to Carnation? We're going to Carnation Road. We got some relatives there. We're committing there for a year. We have abs- we have absolutely no idea what the future holds." I said, "I said, are you keeping your job? Do you have a job there?" He goes, "Well, you know, I, I basically work behind the computer screen all day. So I'll work behind the computer screen in Israel all day, you know." And I said, "Well, you know, what what can I-? and and of course, you know, wished him the best and and just <laughs> and of course stood there thinking, you know. Uh, why didn't I one day just jump in? But they're jumping in. They're jumping in, and they're in the Shomron, and they are, you know, all the Tainas on North American Jews who, uh, you know, who, uh, who, who criticize Israeli leaders who question the future of the Shomron, and they, you know, they come back with a Taina, well, you guys, you know, never come here, and if you do, you never move here anyway. Well, this couple is proving all that to be wrong. And uh, that, is, that is how I'm going to give you some nachas today. Thank you so much. Great way to end our interview. And I look forward to seeing you next month in the Holy Land. And thank you so much for joining us today. And and think well, thank you, and as you're friend. reading now, hang on a second. As you're reading, let me let me get my calendar. As you're reading Parshas Korach, think of us in the diaspora reading Parsha Shlach this Shabbos. Now I, I just I feel bad for my dad. My parents are invited to a bar mitzvah this Shabbat up yeah. north yeah. with a family from America. Right. And the bar mitzvah boy is reading Parsha Shlach. Right. You're but serious. My my parents have to read Korach, so they're having two different readings. This is like a double parsha, Shlach Korach. <laughs>
Okay, I know we can't do this now because we have to end on a positive, but you know that that for the for the unity of the Jewish people, it would likely be better not to have people do different things on one Shabbat. Oh, a thousand percent, but that's not. We but, don't. It's not in the preview of our interview right now, right. and I don't think we have the time for it. But um, yes. <laughs> Ah, we have a lot to consider as we uh, recalibrate and realign with our brothers and sisters in the Holy Land. Thank you, Rabbi Fass. Thank you, Rabbi. Thank you. Rabbi Yoshua Fass. He is, of course, the uh, co-founder of Nefesh Benefesh. By the way, I mean, it's the end of June, and I just told this great Aliyah story. Let me use this opportunity to remind everybody there's a website, nbn.org.il. nbn.org.il. It's Thursday at JMNAM. J.M. and the A.M., my thanks again to Rabbi Fass. Unbelievable. Always a pleasure speaking with him. Thursday morning at 8.32, 28 minutes before 9 o'clock. Reminder, coming up at 9 a.m., it's Charlie Harari with Unlocking Greatness. 9.30 for Spin Class with Michael Fragan. Uh, 10 o'clock, Jew in the City Speaks, Allison Josephs. We'll be on starting at 10 a.m. That's Life is at 10.30 with Miriam L. Wallach. Today she speaks with um, Dr. Shana Friedman, Executive Director of the Shalom Task Force. Their event is coming up July the 22nd. Live lunch at 11. Don't forget tonight, the Arab Shabbos Show with Mark Zamek. It begins at 7 p.m. Brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. It'll replay at 3 a.m. and at 10 a.m. Friday morning. Barry Weber's next. This is JM in the a.m.
בית הספר שם. ואי ואי, בשור מלך, בית הספר שם, כולנו יחד, תחת שבטי ישראל, אנחנו בני עם ישראל, פקוד אחת, יחד שבטי ישראל, עכשיו אחדות בים שיריי אני עשיר, זוהי מנגינת חיי, עד יומי האחרון, זוהי מנגינת חיי, ואני בתוך מסע, והדרך ארוכה, אין על עוד מותה אסע, את האמת אני אמצא.
אחד, זוהי מנגינת חיי, לדרכי הולך איתך, זוהי מנגינת חיי. ואני בתוך מסע, והדרך הארוכה, אין אלון עוד העשה, אין האמת אני אמצא.
we've stood the test of time Ages passing, ages we don't blink an eye Every generation they arise But love and unity is our battle cry You push and you pull and you give and you take But you just can't break this bond Cause we are
J.M. and the A.M. Hitori, that's Shmuel Levy. Stronger, closer from eighth day before that here at J.M. and the A.M. Thursday morning, <coughs> excuse me, seven minutes before nine o'clock. Reminder tomorrow, Malcolm Holine will join us, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. We will have 
the weekly update tomorrow morning here starting at the 7.40 Eastern Time. I certainly hope you'll uh, be tuned in. Why not? Why wouldn't you be tuned in? Uh, so, again, that happens at 7.40 Eastern Time tomorrow morning. Plenty happening today right here, as you would suspect. After all, this is uh, this is a Thursday. You know what that means. It means there's plenty of action, plenty of great shows. Charlie Harari is coming up next. He, uh, he'll have the... Um, He'll have the uh, Unlocking Greatness program. Michael Fragan with Spin Class at 9.30. 10 o'clock for Jew in the City Speaks. It's Allison Joseph, and that's Life with Miriam L. Wallach at 10.30 with Dr. Shana Friedman, Executive Director of the Shalom Task Force. Our live lunch will um, take place at 11 a.m., 7 o'clock tonight for the Amazing Arab Shabbos Show with Mark Zamek, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. That will be replayed at 3 a.m. and 10 a.m. on Friday. Eastern time. So if you calculate properly, if you're in Israel, uh, you have a golden opportunity to hear the uh, entire Erev Shabbos show, which is always a great treat. And a big thank you to our friends at Kedem for making that all happen. We will close out our, uh, what is today? Our Thursday morning broadcast uh, with Eitan Freilach at JM in the AM. Oh, boys, they're so
Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners, sponsored digital radio, around the world on the web, and AlchemSegal.com and the AlchemSegal Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. If you missed my conversation with Rabbi Fast, do yourself a favor. Check out the archive. Check out the link. Do yourself a favor and listen in to uh, what was a great analysis of... Uh, one of the most important topics in our tradition, and that is making Israel the center of our lives. Coming up next, Charlie Harari with Unlocking Greatness. Full Thursday schedule tomorrow. We're back starting at 6 a.m. Malcolm Honline, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations at uh, 7.40 Eastern Time. Make sure to be tuned in. Have a fabulous Thursday. Till tomorrow, Nachum Single reminding you, remember to past, live the present, and trust the future.